This is great. Uh, I, I'm always curious when God has me speak at a place when I first come back from an overseas trip, why he wants me here. And I can say consistently throughout the years it's because he's doing and wants to do something very specific for, for you as an individual. Uh, not just as a group, but as an individual. Uh, so I would pray that you would keep your mind and heart open uh, to what he may want to say to you or what he wants to do in and through your life. So uh, this is about as fast as I talk. I would have never made it as an auctioneer. It would take me an hour to get a cow sold. Anybody? Anybody? Is that five bucks? Okay. <laughs> but uh, to give context and background, we have a ministry called All Things Possible. My wife and I started uh, some, I think, 16, 17 years ago, and our goal was to reach children who had been troubled, abused, and mostly many of them incarcerated, because uh, I have a firm belief that our children are worth investing in. Uh, and um, a lot of churches don't believe that because kids don't tithe. <laughs> but they will. And they're the ones who we need and to, uh, to, to stand and be strong in the things of the Lord. And I, I think it's important that we actually look at our kids and demand more from them or expect more from them spiritually. Uh, there's just, this is really falsehood about, well, when you're older, then I need you to be, you know, strong and spiritual. Tell that to David. Because there's a lot of older people around him. He was still considered a ruddy youth. And Goliath was terrorizing everybody, but yet it was a young person that uh, changed the course of that event. And uh, you look in the Bible, how many times did Jesus heal or help deliver children from demonic oppression or demonization? I think that shows us pretty good that the enemy is after our kids. I've heard it said, if you, if you build a child, you won't have to heal an adult. If we protect them, and if we're honest, we as adults really have fallen short on that, protecting our kids from the culture that we live in now. I speak at high schools and universities and oftentimes apologize I said, I, you know, I just want to apologize because my generation and those of us have really, we dropped the ball. And um, on, on moral issues and we let things start to slip. And it affects kids. Um, they, they go through and are able to access stuff that is so evil 
and so destructive to their soul, it makes a race that they need to run harder than the race many of us ran. Anybody, uh, let's just talk about TV. Anybody remember when you were watching television as a kid and you wanted to watch something different? Did we do that? There was no that. There was, you get up. And some of us remember the pliers you had to put on there. The thing would break. If you're the youngest kid, you were the official channel changer. <laughs> or if you're trying to catch the, a better signal, anybody ever had to hold the, the antennas? <laughs> hold right there, hold. Oh, how long? Just hold it. <laughs> I mean, gosh, one of the risky things I ever saw was, you know, Gilligan's Island. Mary Ann. I'm not going to lie. A little hottie. With his shorts on and them ponytails. There's <laughs> a ginger man over there. Did I just hear Mrs. Howe? What was that about? <laughs> I required therapy. So, somebody's got mother issues. So I would say this. <laughs> or the telephone. Remember the telephone? Uh, it, we forget quick. But when you wanted to make a phone call, it was, it was this. And then when you got high tech, it was that. But remember when you wanted to make a private call? You'd pull that cord and shut your door. Boom, 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 boom. Get off the phone. I'll be off in a minute. <laughs> You're off now. Quick. <laughs> uh, now these smartphones, an eighth grade kid can see stuff on here and have access that absolutely pollute, corrupt their soul, boys and girls. And this is what tells them how they should live. Uh, you know, I have five children, my wife and I, and three of them are adults, grown. They're all married, and we have one grandbaby, and the others are giving us grandbabies, so we're excited. And then we took a 10-year break and had two more. So, yeah, so we have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. And uh, we're doing a little bit different. When the older kids come home, they're like, why are you so lenient? I said, this is a do-over. <laughs> so I, w I was probably pretty stringent. Uh, but the one thing I've believed is I don't, I don't think parents should be their kids' friends. You know, and I, I think sometimes uh, people fall into that trap. Well, I want my kids to really like me. No, they should love you, but they don't always have to like you. Uh, that's even that way as a husband and a wife. 
You know, sometimes leaders have to make decisions that not everybody likes. And all I can say is, hold the line, man, hold the line. I can feel the women love right now. You were funny with that phone business. Now you're messing with the kids and us. My children, the first few we raised, you know, it was, uh, it was tough. It's tough raising kids, isn't it? And at one time we had three teenagers in our house at once. That requires therapy in itself. And uh, it's when the whole rap thing started happening and then the suggestive lyrics and stuff was just horrible. And, uh, and uh, I remember hearing some profanity coming out of my kids' area upstairs at their friends. And I walked up there and said, hey, not in my house, you know. I know, I know, I know, I know. But me and my house will serve the Lord. So, I, I, you know, I don't care about the genre of music, but when, when lyrics are, are degrading to women or girls, or, you know, excessive violence, I said, no, no, no. So let's not have it. I gave them a fair warning, clear understanding, them and their friends. Well, sometime later, I came home. I don't think they were expecting me to be home so soon. I walked in, and I can hear their music thumping, and I hear the F-bomb a number of times before I could get up there. So I didn't lose my temper because we shouldn't. You know why? Because it's our house. We pay the mortgage. Why am I going to get upset? It's like when my kid slammed the door one time. Don't come in my room. No. My door. You can house right there, but I'll take care of that. I'm driving down the road. Had a, one of my kids was texting. Then sits trying to talk to him. Get off the phone. They were smart aleck. It's my phone. Wow. Nope, I paid the bill. <laughs> My wife's like, honey, that, that might be extreme. <laughs> but effective. Because <laughs> we don't always do it right as parents. And we don't. I can remember telling my kids we'd have a clash. I'd tell my teenager, especially one of them, you know. You know, you get one of them strong-willed ones where, like, I mean, it gets so intense. You're, you're wondering if legalized marijuana would be good. This is like... Just, we can only give you so much Benadryl legally. Here's your oatmeal. Here's your Kool-Aid. Calm that one down. Uh... So I come home, I hear this stuff, and so I just go upstairs, and they have all their friends there, and I just walk into the room, the area living room, and they're like, I didn't say a word. Just walk, unplug the beatbox that I actually paid for. 
and walked down the stairs that I actually paid the mortgage on and walked down in the front yard that's still on, on the title of the home in my name. And I put that box there, went and got some gas, poured on it, backed up and threw a match on it. And that, you know, when you get plastic starting to burn pretty good, and smoke. And all the kids came down, they're looking, all high schoolers. I hear my kids, Mom, Dad's going crazy. <laughs> Again. And I hear their friends going, you've got the coolest dad in the world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> so it's safe to say that the enemy of our soul uh, the entity named Satan, not one time, or devil, or Lucifer, he has an army of demons that are very intentional to destroy kids' lives. And if you don't believe that, I think you're losing the battle already. And so oftentimes we, we ascribe behavior and challenges to our kids just to growing up, and there is. Hormones, moans, pituitary do, you know, that's all true but never factor out spiritual warfare. Where just talking to them, and it, sometimes you need more, you need prayer. You, you need to address demonic forces that might be targeting your children with thoughts. You'd be surprised how many kids actually think about suicide. How many kids actually start believing you don't love me? Any parents ever got that before? You don't love me. You don't want me. You know, what? What? No. Those are lies from the enemy, sweetie. Of course mom and dad love you. Okay, maybe we don't like you, but, you know, <laughs> we love you. You're still here. We didn't leave you in Iraq. <laughs> we can So it's a battle. And Ephesians 6 is the text I want to look at this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 400. There's not a verse 400, but I just thought I'd see if you were listening. So the beginning of verse 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's pretty straightforward. That means they don't have to agree with you. And a lot of times, kids, how can they agree with you? This is the single biggest advice I give to children, teenagers and whatnot, when I meet them at church or events I speak at. I go, is this your dad? Is this your mom? Is this your foster parent? I said, they've been through the minefield of life, meaning they made it. They're not perfect, because none of us are. But you need to trust them, especially when you don't agree with them. That is the most important time that you need to trust them. And parents, you may mean to back there a little bit of a going, when your kid doesn't agree with you, when you're saying, hey, I don't want you to go out over there, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to go to a party, you're doing it. And they're like, mm, let them have it. Okay, you don't have to agree. You just have to trust me on this. 
and obey. Because you have plenty of time to make all those decisions when you're out of the house. Uh, I always start giving my kids a countdown. I go, you know, you only have 10 more Christmases with us. <laughs> Just 10. They go fast. And then they start like, well, well, I mean, what? Are you mean I have to leave? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but kids, trust your parents. If they're doing something weird, if they're abusive and all that, then report them. But otherwise, if you just don't agree with them, you need to trust them. And young men should be able to look or young ladies at the mom or dad and go, I don't agree with you. And we as adults should say, I can respect that. You don't have to. I kind of know more things than you do on certain, I got this feeling or, does that make sense? It's just practical parenting, Tim, because relationships is the hardest part of us living in this world. So, it says, children, obey your parents and honor your father and mother, because it's actually, which commandment is it? Oh, my goodness. Is it the first commandment with promise? Yeah, first commandment with promise that it may be well with you. You may live long on the earth. There's a promise attached. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Dads, it says you, not the moms. The moms are better than us at it. I will concede to that. Moms tend to be life givers. Dads tend to be providers and protectors. And moms, you know, they actually had that umbilical cord connected. And I tell my children that. I go, I love you, but I don't love you like your mom does. <laughs> my love's different. <laughs> I, as a guy that... I, as a guy that wants to date my daughter, said, I want to, you know, we're going to go out. Uh, he said it such confident. I said, really? He says, come here. I said, if you hurt my daughter, I will uh, kill you and dismember you and bury you in many places. <laughs> but maybe not in that order. A pretty short relationship. <laughs> if you saw the Gundasam on the video, <laughs> I came into my house one time, a couple of guys sitting on the couch, my daughter and her friend high schools. And I walk in, and I'm walking, hey. And my daughter goes, Dad, this is Johnny and Bubba, whatever, you know. <laughs> and this, this kid on the couch goes, What's up? I said, what's up? Your butt off my couch is going to be what's up. Come here. And he's like, well, I said, when, when the man who owns the house comes in, you should stand up and greet him, especially for the first time. And he got up, uh, I shook his hand. I said, I want to show you something. And my daughter's going, oh, gosh. 
Mom, he's going crazy, I can't. I pull out a gun, clear it, put it in his hand. I said, put this to my head. I pull the camera back. I said, pull the trigger before you see me move. He goes, I'm really uncomfortable with this. I said, it's okay. As soon as you see me move, he's like. So, of course, I take the weapon away. I point it back at him. I said, I guess you're too slow. always have young ladies go, oh, I wish you were my dad. Until they hear those stories, they're like, I like my dad. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so it goes on about bond servants and then doing right at work. And verse 10 uh, says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. But somewhere around there, talks about the wives. Doesn't it talk about wives submitting to husbands? Anybody? Is it in, is it in Ephesians? Chapter 5? 5.22? Wives submit to husband. What, what book is it? Ephesians? What chapter is it? Did someone say five? Five, that's 22. Oh. If he's in 522, that's a psychological pro to get you women to go. So this gets a bad rap, right? I mean, women, especially in our modern day, when they hear submit, it's not a bad thing. Come on. It doesn't diminish who you are, who God made you to be. It doesn't make you secondary to us. It's not that. It's, it's, it's simply an arrangement of how God has ordained it to be. That when a final decision has to be made, you're not the one accountable to God. I need to put that on a meme or meme or something. Post that. It takes pressure. My wife and I, my wife's a very strong woman. Uh, she was a former Miss Fitness USA, a black belt. She can shoot an AK. She can shoot platforms and pistols. She's been to Iraq multiple times. As a matter of fact, the first time she went, ladies, I was very much not against it, and she didn't want to submit woman. She says, I think I'm supposed to go with you. I said, no, you're not. And you know what? She told me to pray. I prayed. The Lord said, yeah, she's right because she hears from me oftentimes better than you do. I just keep that between my eyes. He's like, she knows. And I asked her, I said, honey, why in the world do you want to go? She goes, when you find these girls, because we were going to find girls who had been held captive by ISIS, um, we know one of them was raped 30 times before lunch one day. They were suicidal, 
all the stuff. She says, when you find them, honey, and I know you will, you can't hug them, but I can. I said, you want them to risk your life to go where ISIS is when they were, when all of you were watching people be beheaded, that was when we went. And she said, what's the worst that can happen? We die? I said, yeah, death. And then she simply said, but then don't we win? So ladies, don't tell me I don't have a strong woman. And yet she's not a feminist. Meaning someone who might take that position of femininity to an extreme and demean manhood and whatnot. And, and you see it. But my wife is a strong believer in powerful, godly femininity. And she'll go up against any feminist. Like, shall we go to the range? <laughs> what platform would you like to use? An AR, AK, short, long, 301 mag? I just think when things get out of order, it makes it harder for us and our families, and our culture is definitely against us. And, and you know, I talk in terms that seem extreme, but I am. And I would say it's because the only thing that has worked for me is following God's word and understanding in Ephesians 6, which you all have to read that verse 10 on, is, is uh, there's a battle we're in. That's what he talks about finally, brethren. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the wicked one, of the devil. He's not saying if, he's saying when. And some of you in your Christian faith, you struggle because you haven't really believed you're engaged in a spiritual warfare. And God is commanding and requiring you to put on the whole armor of God. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, the boots, right? Shield of faith, sword of spirit. It, 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 we need all of it. And it doesn't mean you have to walk around like super Christian. <laughs> Don't you like my vest? Just a side note. Like my vest. <laughs> it's a highly expensive custom-made bulletproof vest. You would have never known it, would you? So now that I've told you, don't shoot me in my face. <clears throat> it's kind of what I have to do. We've had ISIS want to kill us, and my family, we've had to hide out for three days in a secure location because we've heard ISIS's feelings plenty of times because, you know, they're just in a manifestation of evil. To date, we've helped 32,000 children. Yeah. And I'll show you just some pictures real quick and close of why I think the family needs to be in the right order. The man following the Lord, leading well. Wives uh, lockstep with their husbands. And even when you disagree, let him reap the responsibility before the Lord. And husbands, I mean, I take the counsel of my wife 24-7. We are a fire team together. 
We used to fight nose to nose. Now we fight back to back. And then we move forward because we know our time on earth is so short. But, and then our kids actually love it. And moms, some of you need to let your kids go when they're older. Or let your husband discipline the way he thinks might be best. Some of you have got that unbiblical court out. Your kids in their 20s, 30s. Trust God with your youngins, right? And never let them get in between you and your husband. As I told my kids, hey, I love y'all, but your mom came before you. And she'll be half to y'all when y'all are gone. Hmm. I had to tell my son one time, he got rude, speaking to his mom, and I said, uh, come here. That may be your mom. That's my wife. I don't let any man talk to her like that. I will hurt your feelings if you do it again. He goes, I believe you. <laughs> okay. Have a great day, Skippy. <laughs> Why well, I think <clears throat> we have to work as families and husbands, wives, and kids is because God has a bigger plan and purpose for us, right? We're on our way to heaven, but we want to do it victoriously. It's not without challenges or struggles. Me and my family, we, we have plenty, but, uh, but at least we're moving forward. This girl right here is one of the reasons why we do what we do. Her name is Nora, and uh, she was attacked brutally, horrible, hand cut off, left for dead, battery acid put on her in Cambodia. We have a safe house in Cambodia. She's an orphan. No one to stand up for her. No one to protect her. And it was a wealthy man that did it because he knew she has no one. Quickly, the second picture, and then we'll move on. That's her in the hospital. Uh, but now the next picture, uh, that's her now. And that's uh, us after we... Yeah. <clears throat> Don't worry, I took off for a little bandage. I was like, I want to make sure you're not faking it. Okay. Sounds sick, doesn't it? If we don't laugh and make fun, you think we can handle some of the stuff we see? We've been killing bad guys all day long. We're actively pursuing the bad guy. There's another story to that, but she's in our safe house. She's a Buddhist who, because of the love that we showed her, Christian love, and Christians praying for her and her seeing it, <coughs> and even providing surgeries for her and protection in our safe house, uh, she gave her life to the Lord last week. <laughs> it was very sweet to see her little nubby turning the Bible pages. It was great. Uh, uh, the, uh, last week, uh, we were in Syria, my wife and a team, and um, uh, we went to the camp. It's the largest confinement camp of ISIS fighters wives and children in the world. They've lost all their territory, but they had to put them somewhere. There's over 64,000 of them in one camp. And we, were, we actually made it there and made it out, which is unreal. But we gave them trauma tools, line and lambs that have music and inscriptural prayers. Can you imagine that? 
we delivered scriptural prayers to our world's largest group of ISIS fighters. Only God can do that. We did dignity kits, and there's a comic book in Arabic on my life story of what I came from uh, that I'm, I'm not able to share this morning because of time restraints, but I think it was close to 5,000 copies are being handed out to ISIS children. That's talking about a change of course, right? Inserting truth into the risk of it all. That was one line of women and their kids coming to the camp. What people don't realize that 11,000 of them were from 50 different countries. Wrap your mind around that. Evil's just not in Iraq. It's all over the world. A little boy on the left is a kid who was captured and held captive by ISIS and technically became one of them uh, because of the brainwashing and whatnot. Uh, we were part of the recovery team uh, after his rescue. Went into battle area with our teams, armored vehicles, weapons. Got him out because he was at a medical place and got him to a safe place and help reunite him with his family. His brothers and ma uh, father were dead, but we f uh, his mother was found in Canada. But that's a before and after, and I say because of God's love. So we can never give up. Uh, that, that photo was just last week. That's my wife and I and uh, her dog. That's the Tigris River. And, uh, yeah, we just crossed into Syria, so there are moments of soberness. That was one <laughs> where uh, there's more to it, but uh, God was with us. Uh, so much so that when we went, got out of the country, one of our team members got wrapped up by local authorities and couldn't get out. And he has a wife and child in Iraq. He's on turf. He speaks four languages. And he's a new Christian. He's a new convert. And I was like, ah, we're in council. I'm going, Lord. And it was especially, I think, hard on my mind because I've lost, a, I've lost someone like him before where they were killed uh, saving a girl from ISIS. And that bothered me more than I thought. I just realized that recently. But, uh, we got comms. I posted it on our Facebook page and Instagram. You can see a picture of him and his wife. He was able to get out of Syria by horseback at night, even crossing the Tigris River at high speeds. <laughs> That's the power of prayer. And he said, please tell everybody, thank you for the prayers. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ISIS daughter. First time she had smiled in a long time. That's one of the toys. You can see that and, uh, our, our friend the, distributing them, I think. Is that it? Okay. Oh, there you go. Aren't kids worth reaching? Yeah. There's one thing I tell Americans. Their kids are just like ours because they're made in the image of God. So I would say this. Man, put your eyes on the Lord. Make Christ the center of your life as a family. And you may not even be a Christian, but you can be, and God's Spirit will dwell in you. He'll give you the direction. You can be forgiven. If your marriage is in trouble, smelling sauce, you don't think the enemy's after it? Not all marriages make it, granted, but godly people do. 
And uh, I tell people who their spouses left them are never going to come back. I said, all right, but you can keep your eyes on the Lord and should no matter what because um, God's there for you. So we're in, a, we're in a battle, but he's already won the war. We just got to fight the battles. And husband and wives fight them together. It was Monday when my wife and I actually would start saying, this feels like warfare because we're at each other. And uh, let's stop and pray. And being the godly spiritual sage I am, I would say, I don't thank you. Uh, that's a wife. And I would say, I don't feel like praying. She goes, okay, you heap of flesh, I'll pray. And all of a sudden, ah, it would break. And I'm like, hey, that was a good prayer. And when she'd see me struggling, battle of the mind, because that's what the battle fits, she'd go, honey, honey, are you negotiating with the devil? I go, yeah. She goes, knock it off. She's like, quote scripture. I'm like, that's a good idea. Do you have any? <laughs> I mean, all I'm getting is Mary got a little lamb. I don't know. That's just that's the extent of my spirituality right now. And porridge and three bears. I'm not sure. It's all getting mixed up. There's a red wolf in there too. Uh, she's like, my kids actually made me an ammo belt with scripture. Plastic cards with scripture laminated on a key ring. And they said, Dad, here's your ammo belt. When you can't think of it, you just start pouring through these. Isn't that awesome? That's a team. <clears throat> well, let me pray. Father, thank you, Lord, so much for each person here today. And Lord, I thank you for those who are watching. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the other, uh, other campus. And we, we ask, God, that you would just do in and through people's lives what you want. Um, only by the power of your spirit does that work. Uh, not by my feeble words, but by the truth of your word that you tell us to conform to. Uh, and not it conform to our lifestyle. So, Lord, we pray for grace and love. We pray for unity in families. We pray that we would all keep our eyes fixed and focused on you. And, Lord, thank you for my new friends here. Uh, Lord, I, and I pray this wouldn't just be a one-time deal, but we could stay in touch, Lord, through emails or prayer over social media. So I love you, and I thank you, God, for your mercy in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.